Hey there, and welcome to episode number 56 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. Now, in this special episode, I am joined by Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast. And Matt shares some great stories about how he got started doing the podcast and some of the guests. Now, make sure you listen in to the end as I have a very special announcement towards the end of the podcast. So again, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks, and also Living Music in Greensboro, which have now got a new store in Carlton. So check out the website to find out all about Custom Guitar Picks and Living Music. So let's go over this interview now with Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast. Hello, Matt. Hello there. Yeah, Adam, how are you going? Good, how are you, mate? Good. Man, thanks for getting in touch too. It was really good to hear from you and, and be able to check out your show. And... So thank you for doing this for me as well, the podcast. Yeah, no worries. That's great. Yeah, to actually meet someone else that's doing something like this. I mean, I had one interview with a guy called Eric Broadbent from America, okay. EVH Gear TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. But he's more more like a a YouTube channel where he interviews different guitarists as well and talks about gear and things like that. I think he's actually got three different shows on at the moment that he he produces. Yeah, so I know how he does it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's good to actually talk to someone else that's been through what I'm doing as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Great. So, yeah, I must first ask um, more about your guitar playing, if we can, at the start, then we'll get into the podcasting as well. Yeah, sure. So how did you get first into guitar and how old were you when you very first started? Yeah, um, I was 11 years old. We, we had a guitar in my house, but I, I didn't get lessons until I was 11. Yep. Um, no one really played the guitar in my house. I don't know why we had one, but um, maybe it was waiting for me, I guess. <laughs> um, I got lessons through school. We had, a, we had a teacher who turned up at my school and was doing lunchtime lessons. So okay. yeah, it was, it was through that way. And um, just very simple, like melodies and you know, open position kind of stuff. And, mm. um, yeah, my brother had a great record collection. He had a lot of ACDC, amongst other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I started working out those songs, probably a couple of years into it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and took it from there. That was the that was the initial inspiration. Yeah. So was there any, like, any artists that really influenced you to, to start? So, well, yeah, I mean, the, the ACDC stuff for sure. I think because the guitars were so obvious in, mm. in that. Yeah. And I guess... A couple of years in, and listening on headphones, when I realised, oh, okay, there's one guitar in the left that yeah. must be Malcolm, and yeah. then the other guy doing the crazy stuff must be Angus. Yeah. So that was that was a big deal. Um, who else was on? This is sort of mid eighties. Yeah. Yep. So eighty three, I started. So sort of eighty five, I was starting to get really sort of get into things. Um, I was listening to a lot of Dire Straits at that time. Yep. I think their their Brothers in Arms record had just come out. And they'd probably just, um, I think they'd done their huge Australian tour. Okay. Um, which had, I think I think they had the, one of the long-standing records for the most shows at the Sydney Entertainment Centre. Yep. Which I think they did 20 or 24 shows or something on the trot. Um, so, yeah, I was listening to that kind of stuff. Uh, got into more metal metal kind of stuff as the as the 80s wore on. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, who was I? Something like Maiden and, and Striper and... Uh, bands like that yeah. and um yeah when by the time i finished school i was listening to a, a lot of different styles i guess by then um i started attending uh, my local church when i was 16 and got involved in the music there mm. and i met a lot of musicians we had um we had some professional musicians in the church and semi-pros and some really great players who i learned a lot of so i guess that kind of started opening my ears up a bit yeah yeah, yeah. So, how so- about you Adam? what what was your start 
Uh, well, my brother, he played drums. Yeah. And so actually, I very first started in our primary school when I was nine years old. So was, yeah, at the school, they had the guitar lessons. So I got into it then. And yeah, I did it for a little while and probably got right into it when I was about 12. So I, okay. yeah. uh, my brother, like I said, he played drums. He's two years older than me. So we both learned at the same time. Yeah. yeah, it's just really good growing up together, and you know, we're in tomorrow the yeah, Van Halen Kiss, um, yeah, that, awesome. that material. So we always, every night, like our practicing, would contain of jamming. You know, it was our learn the riffs, jam it out. Fantastic, <laughs> so that's was, cool. Yeah, so that was really good. And then from there, we just yeah formed our original bands, had that going for a while, and then the cover band took over. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. it pays the bills. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it, true. Yeah, I mean, I've always done some original projects yeah, along the way, but the very first band I had with my brother called Eclipse was probably the main one we had where, you know, wrote all our own songs and dressed up in the gear, <laughs> the spandex. Yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah, so, and then from there, I just uh, went to a few different teachers as well. Yeah, had a, like a jazz teacher, a, a rock teacher, and uh-huh. then, you know, through the school, like when I was at, in high school, I did music as well. Um, so I had to learn classical guitar for part of the exams. Yep. So that was really good. That was like a, a totally different instrument. You know, maybe I spoke about it before on the podcast, but just learning classical compared to you know, just rock guitar or normal guitar, it's totally different. Sure. You know? Did you do the um, AMEV exams? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. And um, what did you get up to with that? Because I, I did a lot of teaching. I, I think you do a lot of teaching yeah. by the sounds of things as well. So. Yeah, that's right. We'll get to that. But I never taught much AMEV classical. I, I, I did the contemporary course with some of my guys. But okay. what did you get up to with your grades? What? Yeah, with um, classical guitar, I got up to grade seven. Wow, that is awesome. And I mean, it was pretty much the requirement for year 12. I had to get up to there. And then I had to do oh, okay. the second instrument, which I did piano, which was, uh, I think, grade three, it might have been. Okay. Do, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but now I mainly work through ANSCA for the exams for my students. Okay. Who, who's that? I, I don't know. That's the the Australian New Zealand Cultural Arts, I think it is. <laughs> it's, okay, uh, okay. Very similar to AMEB, but it's just it's like right. a, it's a local one. They've got overseas as well. They do a lot of um, popular music. They do performance exams as well. So you can just learn okay. your four songs, um, go in there, play the songs. You get marked on that, you know, rather than getting all your scales and sight reading. I mean, you get some people do that as well. So you've got the option to do either one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, when when you say year twelve, were you you're in Melbourne? Yeah, is that that's right? right. Yep. So were you were you raised in Victoria? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Here all the time. So what's this? Oh, I'm from Sydney. Yep. What's what's the story with the HSC? So you had to do grade seven on guitar. What, what's yeah? Well, the music. What's that about? So I had two different subjects. I had popular music, which is just okay, all about yep. music and everything, and then the other one was practical music. So it was you had to choose an instrument, which one was guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was yeah the requirement you had to have. I'm not sure if that's still the way these days. Maybe it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> this is back in 89, so... Okay, yeah. yeah. Year 12. Um, yeah, so you had to have up to year 7. Oh, yeah. sorry, grade 7. And, yeah, grade 3 on the second instrument. And then, yeah, he did a performance at the end wow. of the year. Um, wow, that's awesome. Because yeah. I... These, my day job is teaching high school music now in, in the New South Wales system. And, okay. um, yeah, we, we don't have any prescribed grades. And we certainly did when I was at school. So I did my HSC in 88, so... Oh, okay. We were similar, similar vintage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we had, yeah, there, there, were, there were particular grades you had to attain. Oh, but I see that being a, a pretty good um, uh, impetus, I guess, to get, oh, your, yeah. to get your stuff together. Wow, that, that's really cool. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, there's only really two of us doing it at that stage. Um, 
the school we went to. It's called Greenwood High School. It's now called Bundura Secondary. Uh-huh. So I've had a few musos come out of there, like uh, Sido Echo. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, cool. A few of the guys from Roxas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it was awesome. back then it was great for music. They had you know, a really good music department. Very cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, just from there, just pretty much gone on. And I mean, I started teaching when I was 15. Okay. And just haven't stopped. And now it's pretty much what I do. That's my full-time job. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, teach instrumental music. Great, man. Very yeah. cool. Do you yeah. still teach, do you teach classical as well as the rock stuff? Because I know yeah. you're a great rock player from yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, um, not many. They're only the ones that really do the exams like they okay. they want to do a bit of classical as well. Yeah. Uh, but I always try and put some in, especially for the you know, more of the advanced players. Even if yeah. they're not into it, but it's just really good, for, like I said, the finger-picking technique, technique to get down. Sure, yeah. Uh, just to improve their techniques and, like, yeah, little things like uh, nothing else matters, putting more oh, of yeah, that yeah. into a classical style so they can get a bit more out of it. Excellent. Rather than, you know, do it with a pick or whatever else. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's a good way to slot it into a, yeah. a rock player's repertoire. I guess that's very cool. So you can really work on you know, the rest strokes. And you know, just other little techniques about not moving the hand too far away from the the sound hole, sure. which I find yeah. a lot of people do. Yeah, you know, that um, haven't really studied it. They, you know, the fingers are like really popping out of the the sound hole rather than just keeping a relaxed wrist over the, okay. the sound hole. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. So that's probably a big difference. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Very cool. So you're teaching full time, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So I teach that's... Uh, five days a week at the primary schools, plus at home as well. Okay. Wow. That's that's full on. That, yeah. That's, uh... That's a lot of students to juggle. Yeah, so it's about 120 at the moment, students every oh, week. Oh, man, that is epic. <laughs> man, good on you, because I know it's a lot of work. It's oh, a lot yeah. of work to build that up. Yeah, I don't look forward to a report writing time, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you write reports for individual... Yeah, not all of them, but like a couple of the schools I teach at, yeah, have okay. to have reports. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, well done. Well done, man, building building that career. That's very cool. Yeah, I think I was, yeah. I was doing... Um, I've done a few jobs. I ended up, uh, I was a music director at, at my church for around 10 years, okay. um, which I loved, which uh, I still play at my local church. But um, at the same time doing that, I was building up some private students as well. I, I probably started teaching probably similar to you when, yep. in my teens, um, not informally or just the odd lessons here or there. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, at one stage I had up to 80 students, which which seemed like a lot, but 120, <laughs> that's epic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of them well, are group uh, lessons as well. Yeah, yeah. Not, not all individual, but um, sure. Yeah, like one of the schools I teach at, it's groups of five. I think it is every half hour. Yeah, yeah. So um, but I mean, for me, the individual is the way to go because yeah, the groups of five, it's good. But if you have got that one that's a little bit lagging or uh, not right into it, you know, it makes a big difference yeah, sure. in that group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the groups that eventually expand in terms of level. Hey, there's always someone yeah. who takes off and someone who's not really that keen. And that's right. Yeah, end up teaching different things anyway. Yeah, well, I try and analyze it like every term is. Yeah, yeah and then I might regroup some of them, like the ones that do practice. I put into different groups just so, yeah, they're all try be at the same standard. Yeah, yeah. cool. And we're, we're yes. help work on the like concert songs. We do like two concerts a year as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's a great thing for a music school or a, a tutor to do. Because, again, it gives a, a goal, I guess. You know, you've got to get yeah. your songs together by, by the gig. So that's, that's right. That's, yeah. that's good for young players to learn. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, what's it about teaching that you enjoy so much? Uh, probably for me, just you know, seeing the kids get things out of it and progress as they do. I mean, thankfully, a lot of my home students, they you know, they always come. Uh, probably the longest ones have been about six years now. Oh, wow. And cool. So they always yeah, tend to last a long time. 
then go on. Like a lot of my older students now are in bands. Uh, some yeah, some of them are teaching as well. Yeah. Uh, so when things like that happen, where you see the outcome later, yeah, it's great. I mean, even while they're getting into it too, but really seeing that uh, eventually into something. And even like some students I haven't seen for years, I might see eventually down the track. And yeah, so you're still playing? Yeah, yeah, still into it. And uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, of course, you get some. Yeah, the parents are like, hey, you got to do it, go do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. You can tell which ones they are. So, but oh, yeah, de- good, definitely, yeah, seeing what they get out of it and um, just progressing. And it's good for me too to go over other things as well. And especially the ones doing the exams, like up to grade five, six. It really mm-hmm. keeps me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pretty That's much got to cool. go back and relearn the songs myself so I can make sure I don't miss out anything. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, so that's really good. And um, yeah, from there, again, just getting into recording. I haven't been right into the recording side of things on the computer. Yeah, but done a lot of bands, just session work as well. Okay, great. Yeah, but mainly just about local things and uh, like did a little kid, kids' album one time. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Good times. Yeah. Now, you, you were saying you're, you're gigging before we started the interview. You were telling me you, you, know, you play gigs over the weekends too. What, what sort of gigs are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, a lot of it at the moment is just uh, duo or solo gigs. So I mean, the solo gigs just all acoustic, you know, just myself singing and playing guitar. Yeah. Uh, but I just try and rearrange the songs to suit me. Yeah. Yeah, like I might do Switch Hold of Mine by Guns N' Roses, but like a laid back, cool version. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, nice. And then yeah, with my daughter who plays with me as well. So we yeah, just try and change them around and just make it a bit more funkier some of the songs yeah. as well. Yeah, that's fun. And then, like, I mean, this weekend I've got a wedding up in uh, New South Wales, actually. Okay. Yeah, with a band, so it's a, a full uh, five, six-piece band, I think it is. Great, man. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, and just whatever comes up. Then I've got another gig coming up uh, next year with a, a Neil Diamond tribute band. Okay, it's like oh, a, cool. It's like a 13-piece show. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Do you get to play all the, uh, the Richie parts? Is it Richie? Do you know, um, oh, sorry, I'll give some context. You know the yeah. album Hot August Night? Yeah, yeah. Um, massive seller. I, I always thought, just before the guitar solo, he's saying, like, take it rich or Richie. Oh, okay. I never noticed I that. his guitar player was called Richie. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> I'll have to look uh, into that, yeah. <laughs> I, I could, it could be just what I heard. We used to take that album on holidays every year in the caravan. we just blast it every night. Yeah. Crunchy granola, all that stuff. Yeah. Man, they're, they're cool parts. They're fun parts. Yeah, well, I actually haven't got around to learning all of it yet. I've got, got all the tracks, so that's my next uh-huh. step is uh, charting it out. And yeah. Hopefully trying to memorise a lot of it. I try and, um, for things like that, try and memorise yeah, the songs where... More of the other gigs, yeah, I've got the iPad, it's got the lyrics and the, the music, so... Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's not as... Yeah. Uh, and I've done a few That's... other things like that as well. Yeah, like cool. I, yeah, I did an ABBA tribute band at one stage. Oh, yeah? yeah. Great, great. <laughs> and I've got to fill in next next month for a, a Rod Stewart cover band. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know about you, that, that stuff sounds like fun, though. I, I, I love that stuff, like those really strong pop tunes and... Yeah, yeah. And uh, punters usually dig that stuff. It's you know, it's usually a fun gig. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you still gigging yourself as well? Yeah, yeah. So um, so I do a couple of cover bands, and I've done a bunch of wedding stuff and and the sub gigs. But there's two main bands I'm working with at the moment. One's called Big Radio Dynamite, and I've been playing them for about 15 years or so. Okay. And that's um, like um, like leagues clubs, sporting clubs, RSLs, that kind of stuff. Yep. And that's fun, and they're a lovely bunch of guys. Um, so I've been doing this for a long time, and um, that's fun. That's just a bit of everything. It's like sixties to, to to new stuff. So yeah. 
so that's um, that's always a fun gig. And just this year, I started working with a, a Cold Chisel tribute show okay. up here in Sydney called Last Stand, and that's that's been great fun as well. Um, trying to learn all that mossy stuff. Yeah, and, it would be. <laughs> yeah, man. man. Every song, every song's just got some fantastic guitar part. Yeah. And the writing's really good too. So um, he's a great player. Man, fantastic, so good. So um, and the songs are great. You know, Don Walker, all those guys who wrote brilliant so um yeah so yeah that's been fun um it's funny you're saying you're learning some new new stuff um that chisel band they um they're also doing a, a dragon show okay um so in a couple of months yeah i've got to learn a whole set of dragon songs yeah. man that stuff surprised me when i went through the set list i thought how many dragon songs am i going to know like three or four but um yeah when, when I, I set up a uh, playlist on on my phone man so many hits so many like great tunes i I'd forgotten about, but they were the staples of the radio. So um, yeah, when when you do covers, um, are you trying to nail the tones exactly, or are you? Is yeah. it a compromise? Like yeah, definitely yeah. A compromise. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I've got the I've got the Line Six Amplifier FX one hundred. Oh yeah, cool. So I run through that plus um, yeah, just right through the Marshall. I do want to try and get more into getting the tones and getting the right sounds Eric, which I know does take a lot of time and but it's one thing I do want to do that's my next project I guess sure yeah is I mean because for my original band Eric, it was always just straight through the Marshall you know just yeah yeah clean distortion that was it <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah so I, hopefully I mean especially for the bands too I want to make it sound as if I am doing the right thing as well sure, you know, sure. I mean, it's not all about just the guitar playing you know make sure you get the right sounds so yeah uh, it's tricky, like for a cover show, I know for me, um, I don't know, you're playing so many different sounds, I can't get to all of them yeah. on, on, on one gig. So for me, there's some compromise there. For the for the chisel stuff, I'm trying to get close to Mossy because there's not a lot of different guitar tones. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it's just his approach on the instrument, really. Yeah. But I'm trying to get close there. there. But yeah, the cover thing, not always so much. I'm trying to play the parts, you know, really well. And um, yeah. some of the... Some of the solos you've got to nail exactly. Some of them, you know, you can do your, your own thing a little, yeah. uh, depending on the tune. Um, but yeah, that's always an interesting, interesting thing. The tones, how how close you get to the tones. Yeah, oh, for sure. Is it a deal breaker or not? Or yeah, I guess it depends on the show. Man, some of those dragon guitar tones too—they're really cool. I'm not. I'm gonna have to dig into those a little. So, what what effects have you got running? So my rig. So for effects, I've just got a Boss MS3. Okay. Um, little box pedal switch with a multi effects built in. Before that, I was lugging a, a Line Six M13, so like the stomp box modeler, which I loved, and I was running just a few distortion analog distortion boxes in front of it. So, so I just tried to downsize a little. So that, yeah, the Boss MS3. I'm just live. I've mainly got two distortions I'm running now. There's a good old Boss SD1, the oh, yeah, Super yeah. Overdrive. Yep. And I, I usually only use that to, to push my second overdrive, which is a, it's a Dan Letro Cool Drive or Cool Cat Drive, I think, okay. which is basically an OCD copy. And man, that's awesome. That's such a great pedal. So I, I, I dig that. It's just a big, fat, pretty amp, ampy feeling pedal. And then for big solos, I, I kick the, um, the SD1 in as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they're sort of my main. My, Dirt Sounds, um, the Boss MS3, and I've got a Line 6 M5, which is like just the single version of the the M13 that I used to have, because there was a couple of tones on there um, that I really liked that I just couldn't get anywhere else. But I've all I've jammed it in with a wah pedal and, and an expression pedal into it to 
it's about I think it's fifty five centimeters by thirty centimeters. Okay, yeah. Board, which which I'm really happy about. It was I, I had a massive board previously. It's just yeah. crazy heavy, and some of the gigs. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, especially weddings. When I was doing a lot of weddings, you'd, you'd be in the corner of a restaurant or a, some venue that's not really a venue. They've just <laughs> hired a band for yeah. them. Yeah, man. And a couple of gigs that I actually could not use my board. I just had to pull a couple of pedals off and, oh, well. <laughs> and um, put the board back in the car. <laughs> not that often, but a couple of times. So, yeah, that's the effects. Um, the, the main amp, I've got a Laney LC30 uh, combo, which is just like a... It's kind of like a sort of a modern Vox AC30, I guess. Mm. It's like EL84s, power tubes, yep. um, which which I dig. And um, and then guitars, my main gigging guitar, I've got probably two main gigs. I've got a just a bits and pieces Stratocaster yep. style thing. I actually call it the Matocaster, which is a bit, <laughs> bit dodged. But, um, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just bits of it, like a, a warm-off neck that I've had for Yonks, um, Demasio Path Pro in the bridge, yeah. so the humbucks, but I split it, so that, that covers a lot of tones. Um, a Seymour, an SSL2, which is just like a vintage kind of voiced Seymour, single coil on the neck, and just a no-name in the middle position, which sounds all right. So, okay. yeah, that's oh, that's okay. the main, for, for versatility, that's the main one. And I've got, um, I, I won't bore you through the whole guitar collection, which isn't <laughs> huge, but the main the main gig ones um, is a Pat Keegan Telemaster, Pat Keegan's a guy from Ulladulla, so that's the New South Wales mid-coast. Okay. Um, and it's a custom-built guitar. It's a fantastic builder. Um, and this one's, it's like a it's like a jazz master, semi-hollow jazz master, but with Telecaster pickups. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's cool. That's a really fun guitar. Yeah. So, so between those two, that's a lot, of, a lot of noises, I guess. Yeah. So you always take like, those two on the, like when you do the gigs? Yeah. And for the, for the chisel show... Um, I'll usually leave the Pat Keegan at home then. I've got a, another Strat copy. It's just a, an LTD, um, really simple. I've just, just um, swapped out the pickups. as some sort of stacked single coil, uh, sorry, stacked humbucker in the bridge, yep. which is kind of uh, to see more, some sort of noise cancelling. It feels like a single coil, but just a bit chunkier. And um, a Damasio something in the neck. I can't remember. It's another single coil. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of stuff. So that's for the I found for the cold chisel stuff. Um, it just needs to be a strat, pretty much. Yeah, that's right. All day long. Yeah. Although I know Mossy plays a Gretsch these days sometimes as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for that, yeah, that's that's the two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Most of the time, I'll just be on that Matocaster thing all night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like an old pair of shoes now. I've had it for twenty something years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about guitars for you? Uh, yeah, probably my main one is my custom made. I got made, oh, would have been over 25 years ago now, I think. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> it still lasts. It's um, a guy called, called Michael J. Finity, MJF. Okay. Um, he used to be like a, a woodwork teacher at Box Hill College, I think it was. Oh, really? Oh, cool. But he's like a, yeah, he loves the blues guitar, and his son's playing the band with us as well, and he's like a great blues guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all, yeah, Australian cedarwood, so it was really light. Oh, nice. So at that time... I was playing in a band called Wildstyle overseas. You know, we're playing like six mm-hmm. nights a week. So just having that light wood, it was wow. great. You know, wow. it, was, it was beautiful. <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Yeah. So we did that for like 10 months all up. Far out. Yeah, so there's a lot of shows. Um, they had the Brian May pickups. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're the, um, what's the wiring with those? Is it some sort of weird series thing you can? Yeah, I remember, oh, do you have, 
it's a long time ago. I used to know all about it, but now that's <laughs> I've spoken about it for so long. Yeah, some something going on there because it's got the uh, the, the two way switch as well, like the two switches plus the the three knobs. Okay, um, so you got three. They're kind of like three single coils, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And what's the switching again? So you got so you got the the two switches just to to turn off the the different the, the tone in the, the the pickups as well, like yeah, you normally do. Okay, yeah. But the other one just yep. has like a bit more, I don't know, a bit more treble to it, I guess. I'm not sure okay. exactly what it's doing as yep. far as the pickups, but I just know the sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it's one thing I have to look into after all these years. <laughs> so exactly yeah, yeah. how it's doing that. But um, yeah, so that's probably my main one. And then I, probably about eight years ago, I got an Ibanez. And I'm not sure about the model of this one, but I wanted something in between like the, the Strat and like a, a Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this one it was at Guitar World, a local shop here, and it was just great. You know, first played it, thought, wow, it's beautiful. They're probably the main two, and then of course the acoustic gigs, just the Maiton. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, got that, had that for uh, nearly twenty years or so now. Oh, cool, man. Wait, which model? Uh, it was a is it the three two five C? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice man. So I had a, a music band I brought from America back in like yep. nineteen ninety. So I traded that in for the Maiton. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's cool. It's lasted, yeah, ages. And I still use it these days and still got that really nice sound to it, that nice warmth sound. Yeah, beautiful. Now, I've got a 225, which is uh, similar. Okay. Um, not not quite up the scale, but it's, um, yeah, great. Same thing. I've had a, yeah, maybe 2000, 2001, I think. So yep. 17, 18 years. Yeah, it's hanging in there. Yeah, what know, a great company, it. hey! Oh yeah, especially for as a Victorian. Yeah, how cool, how good is Mayton? Yeah, now I brought my uh, daughter one as well, so um, so we both got the Maytons now. We, we both oh, use lives, cool. so yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> and I get a lot of people. Yeah, they always come to me about the sound. Say, like, oh, wow, it sounds so full, just from two guitars. Yeah, nice. and so yeah, we try nice. to do different voicings, not just doing the same chords all the time. Oh yeah, cool. So just yeah, add a bit of flavour to it. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's yeah. going to be fun playing shows with your daughter. Oh, yeah. Gigs and stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's nice. amazing. And especially now. I mean, she's 22 now, but yeah, just getting a lot of compliments about her, her voice as well, plus her mm-hmm. playing. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Great feeling. <laughs> that's been very special. Yeah. To be able to do that's great, man. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Now, how about with the, the podcasting? So, how did you get into podcasting? Yeah. Um, I started this show in April 2016, so so two and a bit years ago. Um, I was just a fan of podcasts. I, yep. well, if I go back further, I was a fan of AM radio, which in Australia, some of our overseas listeners, AM radio means something else, but it's in Australia, it's the um, uh, it's kind of like the lower resolution, so it's less um, less music and more more talk. So I got really into ABC radio well before my time. I graduated yep. from Triple J over to ABC, <laughs> much, much younger than I should have. Yeah. Um, maybe I was listening to the cricket and then I just kept listening. Okay. So um, so when I found out you could look up radio shows on demand and mm. just listen to them when you wanted to, like through, which is, I guess, kind of what podcasting is. Um, yeah. yeah, I got into it. So I was listening to a bunch of shows, started getting into some guitar ones. And I thought, man, there's, there's going to be a bunch of Australian guitar players I could talk to. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how, that was the, the impetus. I, I didn't know if anyone else was doing it much in Australia at the time. Um, yeah. I found out since there's a few guys doing it, like yourself, your, your show, and 
Um, I know Peter Hodgson um, also from Victoria's recently started up a show. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he's great. He's a, he's a great journalist. I, I, I've read his stuff in you know, the Australian Guitar Magazine for yep. a long time. Okay. Um, so I know he's recently started an interview show. Um, but I'm not sure if there were, there were many other folks kind of doing it. So I just yeah. sort of hit the ground running. I didn't know a lot about it. I mean, I knew a bit about recording through, you know, playing and stuff. Mm. Um, but I didn't even have a Skype channel. I thought I was going to visit all these guitar players when I started. <laughs> And after about one week, I thought, this is not going to work. I'm just going to do it over the phone. Yeah. Then I got a Skype account, and then <laughs> it kind of fell into place a bit more. Yeah. But, yeah, so I guess, yeah, the short answer is more out of a love of, of podcasts and, and, you know, the guitar's been such a big deal. It was, yeah. it was a good kind of match. Oh, excellent. How about you? What, what was your... Uh, what was the impetus for you to get into it? Oh, mine was probably a little bit different. I mean, again, I love podcasts. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast every okay you know, I was all the time listening to that and um, then I got into uh, a few other ones nothing to do with music just all these I had because I yeah, love martial arts as well there's another guy called the Muay Thai guy so okay. he was talking about a little kickboxing it was just really interesting another one the the Bangkok podcast so learning all about you know Bangkok which is you know, mm-hmm. my wife's from there as well oh, um, okay oh cool and then I thought oh yeah I should probably do something I had an idea um, it's actually going to do a podcast called uh, 80s Above, where I was going to go oh. to the nursing homes and interview people uh, 80 above, okay. j- just about yeah. life and yeah, what they've learned about life and uh, leading up to it and everything. And I actually started going around to a few nursing homes and found out it was a lot of work, you know, got permission from their families, um, from okay, the actual nursing sure. homes and yeah. thought, hmm, what else can I do? And I, then I thought about maybe, because at this time I had my um, uh, book out as well, so Become a Guitarist Today. So, okay, so yeah, I thought yeah. maybe I'll just do some you know, lessons as a podcast. Yeah. And that was my initial thought. And then I got talking to Bill Leverty from Firehouse, who was actually my first guest. And he said, yeah, he'd love to do an interview. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll do that. We'll talk a bit about guitar and show a few little tips. And then from there, I just kept going, you know, doing That's great, different yeah. artists. And yeah, and it wasn't until, like I said, episode four, where I had Brett Garset on. Because uh-huh. uh, I met Brett lo- a long time ago in, um, okay. through family, friends. And... Yeah, you know, I started searching, and that's where I come across your one. Okay. And I thought, okay. wow, there's somebody else doing this too. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was the only other one I heard, except for the ones in the States, you know, like that, uh, what is it, Amps and something? Oh, Amps and Axes. Yeah, yeah, yeah Amps and Axes, yeah. Yeah, great show, great show. Yeah, and then um, that other guy, Eric Broadbent, he's got his one with EVH Gear TV. Yeah, so then you know, I just got into it from there. And I was amazed at it, really. Like, you know, I sent emails out to all these different artists and, so I probably won't hear back, and yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah like Jennifer Batten. Yeah. Like, there's no way I thought Jennifer yeah, Batten man, would have heard. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, great man. And like Bob Colick and you know, all these other ones. I mean, Bill Liberty, he actually put me on to a lot of people too. From you know, the guys okay. from Warrants and Great White, you know those guys. Yeah, fantastic. And then uh, Barry Spice from you know, Malmsteen and all those ones. So I just got like word of mouth, and again, once you send out the invites saying to be on the show, and then they see the artists you head on. Yeah, they message back, which is really good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is cool to think you're, you're speaking to someone who you maybe you're listening to their music years ago or yeah. your voice. I mean, Bill, Bill Levity for your first one, that's that's a pretty good start. That's cool. Yeah, he, he was great. Like like I said, I got to jam with him back in 95 at Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, wow. So that's how we first met and pretty much like oh, okay. yeah, wow. kept in contact cool. from there. Um, okay. Yeah, not as once every few years or so. 
sure. Um, but then, yeah, ever since then, like, yeah, I've um, emails all the time about different artists and, like, he's doing a new recording as well. So, you know, plus the Firehouse stuff. He's always keeping yeah, busy. Yeah, right. And, yeah, and that's pretty much how I got all those ones. And then I listened to your one last week with uh, Dave Leslie. Oh, okay, yeah. That was great. He's such a nice guy. Lovely great. bloke. Did yeah. you have... Dave was on your show as well. Yeah, he was on, um, actually, I wrote down here, episode 11 he was on. Okay, yeah. I actually had a funny story with Dave. Yeah. <laughs> so I had had the contact through the Facebook page, Baby Animals. Yep. So I emailed him on there, I was messaging, and he wrote back and said, yeah, I'd love to do it, and gave me his phone number. And yep. uh, we teed up a date you know, through Facebook, and then come to the day, had everything set up. Actually, in the morning, I messaged him just to make sure everything was okay. And I didn't hear anything back. So, okay, it's going to be interesting. So, okay, I'll just go for it and got on, gave him a call. And some guy answered and said, don't you ever call this number. He's swearing at me, going off. And he goes, what's going on? It was the wrong number. So, so I thought, oh, no. And now I thought maybe I wasn't really Dave. It was a hoax or something. So yeah, I sent a message on the Baby Animals one. And he's like, oh, so sorry. He goes, I had one number wrong on the mobile number. And then oh, it's just crazy <laughs> then it was lovely after that you know just had to joke about it and yeah teed it up straight he, away he is a lovely bloke yeah i had a great time chatting with him as well my my contact with him when, when i started my show i did the same thing i just emailed people and yeah we're facebook friends somehow dave and i, I don't know why but <laughs> we were so i thought that was cool yeah. um and i sent him a message and yeah i mean some people you hear back from i never heard back from dave and i just thought oh maybe he's not into it i tried contacting him a couple of other ways, and, and I mean a bunch of other guitar players too. Yeah. Anyway, out of the blue, two years after my initial message, <laughs> I get this message back from Dave. Oh, I just, yeah, somehow I missed the message, or I mean, I'm sure he gets lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Coming in his inbox or whatever, so it was no big deal. But yeah, he got back to me. He's like, yeah, that sounds good. So <laughs> uh, yeah, we took it from there. So two years later, but yeah. it was, um, oh man, it was worth it. It was such a yeah, such a fun conversation. No, that's really cool. So have you had any, any other bad experiences like with interviews? Not bad. In fact, um, people say don't meet your heroes, but I don't know. I'm yet to meet anyone who's nothing short of really forthcoming and, and yep. really into the idea of talking about their career or talking about guitars or whatever. Um, yep. So nothing nothing bad. I guess anyone who agrees to, to be on a podcast, uh, they're, they're up for the idea of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've never had anyone difficult. I've had a couple of odd, not odd, I've had a couple of stipulations, and it's not usually from the artist. It's often via a um, maybe a publicist or someone like that. So yeah, yeah. I had Gilby Clark, who did that long stint with Guns oh, N' yeah, Roses. Yeah. And I spoke to him just after, not long after they, the original GNR lineup yep. had got back together. But Izzy wasn't doing the gig, and a lot of people thought Gilby might get the gig again. Um, so I was just asked not to mention why he didn't get the gig again, that sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think, to be fair, he'd already spoken about that kind of stuff a lot, so he probably didn't want to do the story again. And to be honest, I, that's not really a question I'm no, that no. much interested in. So I ended up asking him, what did you take from being in Guns N' Roses for all those years? And, and that was great. He was really forthcoming with that. So it's been a couple of things like that, but no, no big deal. And nothing I was that interested in asking people anyway. It was sometimes more personal stuff or... Yeah, I had one promote. I got to speak to John Norum from Europe, which was really fun. Uh, the PR guy who lined it up said, "Oh, just just focus on the on the music." And yeah. I thought, "Man, I wrote back. I said, I'm the Guitar Speak podcast. I only talk about guitars. <laughs> That'll be fine." And, yeah, uh, we we had a joke about that. So, 
I don't know what you thought I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few like that as well. Like, um, yeah, promoting companies, it's like make sure you don't talk about this, don't talk about that. Okay, yeah, and same thing with um, because I had Ron Bubblefoot Tholon. Oh, okay, yeah, he didn't really want to talk about Guns N' Roses thing as well, so (laughs) that was interesting. Okay, Yeah. yeah, I guess some of these guys, I mean, that's. Maybe that's all they get asked about. Yeah. And obviously, there's lots of other aspects of their career that's really? that's current and, and valid and interesting as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. But it's definitely been great experience, like I said, interviewing all these people and even just finding out how they started. And, um, yeah, yeah. And even I had some tips, like Dave, when I interviewed Dave Leslie, he's his guitar there and he's demonstrating these little blues licks, you know, he does. And, <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So I've had a few of them on like that, even Jennifer Batten, she uh, demonstrated a few little things as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, great, man. Well, it was mainly audio, because yeah, it's audio podcast, but st- just sure. seeing it live, talking to the person's like, wow. You know? Yeah. It's like I'm yeah. sitting here jamming with these people. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, now, that pretty much leads me to my next big news announcement. Yes. Uh, which I'm going to speak to you off air about it, but for anyone else listening, yeah. so this will actually be my last episode of Become a Guitarist Today podcast. What a great way to finish it with uh, Matt being on here. So hopefully um, if I do get any future interviews that come up in the future, uh, Matt, hopefully I can uh, put them on your show if, if possible. Yeah, for sure. As we've already talked about, yeah. Yeah. Love to uh, plug anything you've got uh, coming up. So yeah, if, any, if that works out for sure, man, that's cool. No, thank you very much. And like I said, I've had a few people email back, but I just haven't heard back from them yet. So sure. you know, if it does come up, I mean, otherwise I'll just put them on to you and you do the interview as well so no worries no that's great um and you're starting a new show yeah so hopefully i'll be starting a new one uh maybe september october so it's just going to get into the works of it now getting the i want to try and get yeah maybe about four episodes down first (laughs) and so basically it's just going to be more about the northern suburbs around where i live here in melbourne you know all about more small businesses a bit more like a promotion thing as well but finding out how people Similar to like the guitar thing, how they first started and yep. what made them get into their business and you know, just news in general about what's happening around the area. So, yeah, so I look forward to Great, getting to that. A little bit different than the music, but, you know. Sure, sure. Like, but, well, I mean, one thing I'm amazed at with the guitar players I speak to and, and the guys you speak to is um, essentially these are self-employed musicians, self-employed businesses, small businesses, yep. um, who have to have a business sense to keep their career going. And I guess yourself as a as a music teacher, as a private tuition, yep. group tuition guy, um, same story. You've, you've built and sustained, you know, a fruitful small business for many years. So there's, you know, there's a lot, I guess, you would actually have in common with yeah. some of the local business guys and, and women that um, that you'll end up speaking with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because my wife and I have got our own business as well that we do. You know, it's been running five years, yeah, you know, Thai massage. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I know what it's like, you know. Doing yeah, the hard yards, yeah. getting it all up and running, so it's not not easy, but it pays off. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Well, man, that I mean, that sounds great for sure, and all the best with the the new show. And as um, and as we said, yeah, if you if you if you can squeeze in some more guitar interviews, we we, we would very um, happily put them. Yeah, put them no, on, thank you on our show as well for sure. So no, that's excellent. That sounds good. Yeah, but in the meantime, I mean, everyone listening, they can, yeah, definitely tune into your podcast and. Um, I would encourage people if they've not heard of your your show, um, yeah, to get onto that because there's some great episodes. So in those 56, man. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, give people a chance to dig into it yeah. if they've not heard of the show yet. Yeah, I mean, I might eventually 
every now and then just do like a little lesson rather than interview. So okay, I do have sure. some of my podcasts where I yeah do that as well. Yeah, and, I've seen those. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and they seem to um, yeah be as much downloaded as some of the interviews I've done as well. Okay. So yeah. I might yeah just every now and then put a, a few little um, lessons out there. Yeah. Yeah. See how I go. Good. <laughs> Yeah, cool, man. All right. Yeah. Well, mate, right. thank you for having me. No, thank, thank you. you for joining me. This is one of those double-decker interviews. Yeah, that's right. You can download it from both shows. Just get both. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> that's it, for sure. Great. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Adam. All right. Catch talk to you later. soon. See you later. Okay. Bye. See ya. So there we go. Hope you enjoyed the interview and all the podcasts that I've done. But like I said in the interview with Matt, I probably will be doing some little guitar lessons every now and then on the podcast I'll look out for them and hopefully if I do get other interviews like Matt said I'll be able to get them on his podcast so you can check them out there so make sure you check out the Guitar Speak podcast and yeah Matt's had some great guests on there and some great interviews and hopefully in the future you'll be able to hear myself with Matt doing some other little projects on his podcast so thank you once again everybody for tuning in to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast and I really hope you enjoyed all the interviews and got some knowledge from all the different artists I've had on, including some of the tips that uh, some of the artists demonstrated on the podcast as well. So don't forget, keep jamming, and hopefully I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>